Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. Be sure to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, tell a friend, uh, buy a shirt, do something. Um, let me change this light on here, I don't like this light. There, there we go, hold on. There we go, a little baby blue. Alright, little something puts you in the mood real quick. So, thank you for uh, joining me to, you know, listen in on the basically cerebral diarrhea that is my uh well that are my thoughts and uh opinions and all that kind of stuff so um without further ado i guess we'll go ahead and get it started um got quite a bit to talk about today um i had a bunch of stuff put in the old uh news section so i kind of want to start busting out some of these because it's starting to get a little full I feel like it might be good to just kind of go ahead and uh, take a run at them and get them all knocked out. So let's go ahead and start with the uh, first one. And, well, boy, it's a subject that uh, is near and dear to my heart for really a plethora of reasons. It's this. So I saw this article came up in my feed, and it says, Yes, you should be tipping for takeout. Here's how much to give. Well, let me go ahead and save you some time here. <laughs> the amount of money that you should give for going to a restaurant and not eating at a restaurant, zero. If I am not eating at your restaurant and you are not waiting at my table, you don't get a tip. That is how that works. If you didn't have to do anything, then why would you get a tip for it? I. This is... I mean, I am, I feel like the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm realizing that I'm just alone in this thought because no one seems to agree with me. Everybody thinks I'm just being a, you know, a piece of shit, which, okay, fair enough. Uh, and in some ways I probably am, but I don't think that that's what this is. I went to, uh, oh fuck, where was it? Oh man, I went, um, where did I go pick up food? No, it wasn't. Yes. Pizza Hut. Nobody out pizzas the hut. I am a diehard fan of Pizza Hut. It was last weekend. Uh, gonna watch the games, which were, God, what a letdown. Kick a field goal. If you are down by three and you are on a fourth down, and you are in field goal range, kick a field goal. It is that simple. Jesus Christ. I was... That game, that Lions uh, 49ers game, pissed me off so much. Just kick a field goal. All right. So anyways, but Pizza Hut, I was like, all right, I gotta, I'm going to get some Pizza Hut. When I ordered on the app, it asked me if I wanted to leave a tip, which immediately, like, all right, no, no, I do not. <laughs> I do not want to tip you for making food. What the fuck are you talking about? A tip? You're not bringing it to me. I was, I didn't do now. If it's delivery, that's a whole other thing. Delivery, I will tip and tip decently well for delivery because you are having to like go out and, you know, bring shit to me. Like, I'm being too lazy to go get it myself. All right, you deserve a tip. But if I 
am leaving my house to go to said Pizza Hut, why the fuck would I tip you for it? When I went, or whenever I ordered on the app, the lowest amount available to tip that's in like their suggested amount, 18%. What the fuck are you talking about? 18% to tip? I, w- I probably wouldn't even do that at a, well, that's not true. At a restaurant, I will tip. I mean, I don't really ever worry about a percent. I just like, because usually I don't order, I mean, this might be hard to believe, but I don't order like a large amount of money's worth of food. So if I did go off of a percent, I'd be leaving you like $3. And I'd feel like a piece of shit leaving somebody, an actual waiter, uh, you know, $3. <laughs> like if I was, all right, here's $3.46. That's 15%. Like, no, I'll leave like, uh, I mean, I probably am never going to leave less than, usually less than $10. Sometimes 5 It just kind of depends if I'm in a pinch or not. But like, I feel like if I don't have, a, like, back in my uh, poor days, <laughs> um, I definitely would go to a restaurant and, like, I would make damn sure uh, ahead of time that I had enough money comfortably to where I could leave a good, a decent tip. If I don't have that amount of money, like a, a comfortable enough amount of money to where I can leave a decent tip, I'm just not going to go out to eat. Like that's how I feel like you should be. If you are not, if you don't have the money to tip, and I'm not saying you have to tip like super well. I mean, but like people who say that they don't tip whenever they go out to eat because they don't have a lot of money, then you shouldn't be going out to eat in the first place. Like, if you have to think about whether you can afford something, you probably can't afford it. Like, if it's, I mean, not talking about, like, a house or a car or something. I'm talking about, like, something small. Like, if it is that big of a worry of, like, oh, shit, I don't know if I can afford it, you probably don't need to do it. You probably need to go to, take your ass to, you know, Costco, buy a shit ton of, uh, you know, stovetop stuffing and grind it out. (laughs) That, you know, that's probably what you should be doing you shouldn't be like going to a restaurant having somebody like you know hopefully be a good waiter and like bust their ass or whatever and then not tip them that's shitty like so i don't want this to come across as me just being like anti-tipping because it is not the case at all now i do think that universally there should be no tipping now i am realizing as i'm saying this out loud that that sounds very hypocritical um but no i think that waiters should get paid way more an hour and then there's just no tipping like you shouldn't be making three dollars an hour and just hoping to god that (laughs) you know the person that you're uh waiting on is um gonna tip you you know and you know and there's definitely a group of people who do not tip nearly as much poor people (laughs) racist motherfucker you thought i was thinking of something else (laughs) anyways um so yes this whole bullshit article of saying like you should be tipping for takeout is bananas that that's not how the world works when i go to walmart i don't tip when i go to when i go anywhere i don't tip why is it that if you were go getting food takeout uh that that single industry is like a tipping industry for a person not doing anything Like not do, you know, like if I go to, you know, 
if I go to a, a damn Gelson's and get some, you know, a couple of chicken pot pies, why the fuck would I tip them? Like, yes, I understand that you brought the, you know, the food got from the factory to the Gelman's and I didn't have to go to the factory to get it. But yeah, that's how businesses work. Like, I should not be tipping you because you had a truck that brought it to the city that I live in. That is insane. And that's basically what they're saying whenever they want you to tip at a restaurant when you're just getting takeout is, oh, well, we made it for you. Well, yeah, that's what I'm that's why I'm paying for the food. That's why I'm paying way more than what it would cost if I went and just bought this shit and made it myself. There is no reason. There is no goddamn reason in this fucking earth that a turkey sandwich should cost more than four dollars yet if you go to a damn panera bread (laughs) it's like 25 dollars like somehow when i look at the menu for half a sandwich half a sandwich and a a cup of soup when i'm adding it up in the menu it's like 10 bucks and yet for whatever fucking reason by the time that it is all said and done at the register it's 36 dollars now I don't know where that other money is going, um, but you were definitely being ripped off. So yes, I'm paying the premium because you made it for me. Because I didn't go out and buy the shit, come back home, and make a sandwich that probably isn't going to be as good. Because uh, there is something about having someone make a sandwich for you that makes it a million times better than whatever shit sandwich you're going to make at your house by yourself with fucking Walmart ingredients. Anyways, but yes, so I am paying you know, $12 for a sandwich because you're making it for me. Why the hell would I be tipping on top of that? Um, it, it just, it drives me insane. And I don't know if it's like a COVID thing because I don't really remember this being much of a thing before COVID. So I don't know if like that caused something. What restaurants should do is if you have such a problem and you think you're losing so much money, stop doing takeout. You know what? Do that. Any restaurant, whether it's a chain of restaurants or like a mom and pop, whatever. If you have such a problem with people ordering takeout because you are losing money, stop offering takeout and see how long your goddamn restaurant lasts. You have to just suck it up. Your prices are already higher than they should be, but I get it. You're getting all the shit. You're paying for the building. You're paying for the employees. So yeah, you make a fucking sandwich cost. 12 times what it should cost. I'm fine with that. But don't make me feel like a dickhead because I'm not adding it because I'm not just picking how much. Like basically what you're doing is saying, here, you choose how much this sandwich is worth. (laughs) Like now, granted, you can't go lower than the price we set of $10.99. But on top of that, you pick how much more you want to be fucked by us. That is that is what that tipping bullshit is, and it. I don't know. I guess there are worse pro- worse problems in the world, but it's just one that really fucking sticks in my nuts, and I don't know why. I don't know. It, it's just the audacity. You know. It's the fucking audacity to think that like you should be able to demand more money for something that you're already charging more than it's worth. I mean, not necessarily charging more than it's worth. Like, if I go to fucking, you know, Pizza Hut, like, yeah, it'd probably be, 
Well, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, actually, I don't know how Pizza Hut stays in business because there's no way that, like, that shit going out and buying it. I don't know. Just saying, like, you're paying a premium for the food because you're eating at a restaurant. You're having someone else make your shit. You shouldn't be requesting a tip on top of that. It's just not how it works. It is not how America was founded. Now, granted, there was not a Panera Bread in... 1776 if there was i guarantee you this shit wouldn't be happening under george washington's watch granted he'd probably be having uh slaves making everything because that was kind of his mo but you know there'd be no tipping yeah so in the grand scheme (laughs) oh boy so yeah just a bizarre thing very bizarre anyways We'll move on from that because I can feel my uh, blood pressure getting dangerously high right now. It's also like randomly hot as shit right now, and it's fucking February. I'm recording this on February 1st, and it is like really goddamn hot. And I'm not much of like a global warming type fella, uh, <laughs> if that isn't <laughs> uh, clear. But, um,. There might be something to it. We should probably look into it. I mean, granted, I'm not the one to do it. Uh, but anyway, so... Um, here, let's just like lighten the mood a little bit. I was going to do something else. Let's do this. So, as you may know, if you've listened to you know previous episodes, if this is your first time listening, oh boy, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's usually not this uh, uh, ramped up, you know, right off the bat. Um but that just drives me nuts. So, sorry, I probably shouldn't have started off like that because it's going to be kind of a mellowed out, you know. It's going to be a little mellow from here on out. Um, so, if you don't know, I live in the great state of Texas. A state where we, like one of our biggest celebrations is a battle that we lost, the Alamo, makes no sense that we celebrate it, but boy, we have turned that little thing into a mini Disneyland and I don't get it because we got the shit beat out of us. And also, uh, Mexico was on the right side of things. We were not, but that's kind of like, that's just how history works in general. Um, but Texas, very, an interesting place to say the least. And over the years, we have been led by people who, actually kind of run the gamut. Now, most people may think of Texas as being like a hardcore Republican state, which it never really has been just that much. Like, it's never been just a very hard to either direction place. Texas is actually uh, kind of like a big middle ground, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Like, um, Like, we've had Democratic... Governors, we've had Republican governors. I think Ann Richards might was a Democrat governor, and then immediately following her, old W, Republican. Um, now, granted, in previous, I don't know, twenty years, it's been very much uh, Republican, uh, old Dick Perry, and now we, if you aren't familiar with Texas politics, which there's no real reason you should be, um, but if you didn't know, the governor of our state is. Um, Old Hot Wheels himself, Greg Abbott. And 
Greg Abbott is, without a doubt, one of the dumbest human beings to ever roll this earth. <laughs> uh, all you got to do is follow the tire tracks, and you will end up being led to the most insane, idiotic destruction that you will ever find. Now, I just want to share this because this ha- this happened the other day, and it is just absolutely incredible to me. Um, if all of this seems like it's shaking, it is not. Oh my god, it's really bad. <laughs> so I'm washing clothes right now, and I guess apparently my washing machine is like has got a goddamn Hemi in it because uh, <laughs> it's like shaking everything right now. So um, if I were you, I would just kind of like maybe blur your vision so you don't end up having a a seizure. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully it'll go away soon. And I really don't feel like, you know, stopping and starting just because of the fucking washing machine. Um, uh, Daddy was getting running a little low on clean boxers and well, when you weigh this much, uh, well, that's not a gamble you'd be wanting to take. So, so this pretty small interaction happened, and it just kind of sums up what what it's like to be a Texan of moderate intelligence. Now, I am not a genius by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I am a real dumbass in a lot of cases. Uh, but I would never have this happen. So this is a tweet that now don't get ahead of me here, but the tweet is if you think a border wall, the exact border wall proposed by the Republicans would help the situation at the border, then you don't understand the problem and need to delete your Twitter account immediately. That's from Liam Neeson. Now governor of Texas Old Professor Xavier replied, Another Hollywood actor thinking they know what's best for Texas. Listen here, Liam. Make like an actor and learn your role. Which is funny that he didn't spell role with two R's. With two L's. Uh, Learn your role. Not spelled with two L's, which a missed opportunity. Learn your role and leave dealing with the border to me. Well, if you didn't notice, that is not Liam Neeson. That is (laughs) Liam Neeson. (laughs) And old Greg Dipshit fell for it hook, line, and sinker. That's what I'm talking about when I say that we are doomed. And I don't want to come across as like some, you know, Rush Limbaugh, flush Limbaugh, if you will. Um, But we are kind of fucked. And the end times might be coming a whole lot sooner than we thought. (laughs) (laughs) especially actually perfect segue um something greg abbott will never uh enjoy but also um damn a little below the belt but if it's below his belt he would never feel it so anyways perfect segue into the next thing what actually probably will cause the uh destruction of our civilization artificial intelligence now I have gotten 
for some reason, a plethora of DMs uh, lately asking if I would like to take part in... <laughs> My God. I mean, it has to be a scam. And I, I, I'm as a person who has been catfished more than once, we'll just say, um, I think I've now developed a pretty good um, bullshit detector when it comes to uh, internet scams. But I have been getting a lot of messages lately asking me if I would like to, you know, have artificial intelligence heighten my podcast and my videos. I don't know what that's all about, but um, I'm not trusting that for a second because I might end up, uh, <laughs> it just might not go that well. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and bring up the old uh, story because this happened. So just give you a second to kind of see if you're not watching, which is probably for the best. Um, the article is Taylor Swift removed from Twitter search after explicit AI photos go viral. Now, I know that I'm being a hypocrite because I'm so fucking sick of seeing Taylor Swift during football games, yet here I am talking about said person. But it's not necessarily about her. It's about this whole thing. So it is funny to me how this is only a problem because it involves old T. Swift. Yet I distinctly remember a time where I could not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where I could not look at my phone without being sent a text message of Hillary Clinton with the largest dick you have ever seen. I have seen so many pictures of <laughs> of famous people who I don't believe have penises, yet here's a picture of them with a big old hammer on them. Um, specifically, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama. Now, Big Mike, uh, oh boy, there was a goddamn forearm (laughs) hanging in between old Big Mike's legs. And no one, as far as I recall, gave two shits about this. Now, I also saw some with um, Big Mike's husband, Barack Obama, where he had a full vagina and breasts. This guy was the leader of the damn free world. No one cared. Uh, now, granted, it wasn't AI. It was just pretty terrible Photoshop. Uh, but I did some investigating <laughs> and kind of tried to dive into what the hell these Taylor Swift AI thing looked like. Now, apparently, I guess this is supposed to be what Taylor Swift would look like if she was like uh, making adult videos. God damn, even in like perfect artificial intelligence... Still just not attractive. And I don't know, I mean, now granted I just happen to not have a thing for, um, you know, local coffee shop baristas. Which is basically what Taylor Swift is. Uh, and, I, and I, trust me, 100% understand how that sounds coming from me. Um, but you should always have high standards for yourself. Even if you yourself are a low standard person, you should always have standards higher than what they should be. Uh, <laughs> never settle for less. Taylor Swift is a. F- I mean, Taylor Swift as a regular person is a six. Taylor Swift as a celebrity, three and a half. 
uh, I mean, and if you look at the women that Travis Kelsey has been with pre-Swift, oh my God. Like, the 180 that he did to go from that to Taylor Swift. My, jeez. I don't know. Anyway, I just found it to be very interesting that this artificial intelligence thing doesn't seem to be a problem for anybody <laughs> until it involves all America's sweetheart. And, you know, and it really wasn't anything that crazy. It is nothing that literally, I mean, this has been going on ever since Photoshop existed. Just Google a celebrity and then add the word nude at the end and you will find a million pictures of them completely nude. Guess what? That person has never taken pictures of themselves nude uh, publicly yet. It's all over Google. Now, how could that be? Well, it's because somebody with, you know, decent Photoshop skills took the body of a, um, you know, like a random nude woman on the Internet, Photoshop their face onto it. Voila. Here's uh, Hillary Swank. Hmm. Hillary Swank naked with, uh, you know, a decent size uh, pecker on her. That's how the world works. Uh, just now I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on really. Boy, I'm just at a, at a real loss uh, for words, for thoughts. My God. Anyway, let's just move on from all of this. Cause I don't think anybody wants to hear about any of this shit anymore. And I'll, okay. I'll make it a, I pledge to not discuss he she who shall not be named anymore on this show. Now, granted, I will probably lie to whoever the hell it is still listening to this, like I've lied to so many people in my life. Uh, if something newsworthy happens, I'll probably bring it up. But until that happens, I pledge to never, ever, ever talk about Taylor Swift again. All right, so let's move on to something happier. Here we go. A Miami mom, 18. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 18 used fake hitman website in attempt to kill off three-year-old son. Allegedly agreed to pay $3,000 for a kid's murder. Now, a lot of questions here. One, they, that's a typo. There's no way this woman is 18 years old. That is... Actually, speaking of Photoshop, that might be two different people put together. The person on the left is not the same as the person on the right. Like, do cover it with, if you're watching this, cover it with your finger. Cover the left side. Okay? Now cover the right side. That's two different people. That's 100% a Photoshop or some Jim Ross level uh, Bell's palsy. Hard, hard to say. Or maybe went full Winnie the Pooh and shoved her head into a beehive. Uh, <laughs> only made it. <laughs> only got the right side of her face, but, you know. There it is. I swallowed some bees. Uh, so there's first question. is Now, Miami being where this happened, not questionable at all. <laughs> Anytime the word hitman and Miami come uh, comes together, eh, it's uh, peanut butter and jelly. 18 can't be true. So we'll just say 38. A mom, Miami mom, 38, used fake hitman website. All right. Another question. I would love to know what the URL is for a fake hitman website. Because <laughs> if it's if this bitch 
went to hitman.com <laughs> or renahit.com. My God, give her the damn electric chair. If you're that stupid, like, like how does one find a hitman online? Like how? Because Craigslist is not a thing anymore, I don't think. I think there was way too much, uh, well, boofery going on. I'm pretty sure Craigslist is like, well, I don't think that's even a thing. There was one. Something kind of, holy shit. Something kind of along those lines, like back, my back pages, back pages. My back pages, I think, is a song from Bob Dylan. So it's probably not that. Back pages. I think there was a website called, there was a web, yes, there was for sure a website called Back Pages that I think was similar to that. But I don't know if they had Hitman on there. Like, how do you, like, if I wanted a Hitman to kill, I don't know, the quarterback of a AFC championship team, I will not go into any further specifics. But if I wanted to procure, God, what the fuck is you on? Must have a fucking carbon monoxide leak or something. Oh, well. Like, if I wanted to procure the services of a hitman to take care of something. Like, how would you even know where to go to find that? Silk Road also not a thing anymore. Like, how does this woman... Now, granted, she looks like the type of woman to fall for a fake hitman website. Also, 3000 I mean, I'm skipping ahead here, but $3,000 seems like a hell of a bargain. And you know, they say like too good to be true most likely is. Um, I mean, $3,000 has to be, there's no way that's right. That that would be what the actual cost for that is. Like, I wonder what, what I say, uh, what's it called? Like when you go to a seafood restaurant and you pay, is it market market costs where they don't tell you a price because they want you to just order it and then they fuck you on the price. Thing is market. Like I wonder what market price is for you know a hit for a hit. Because three thousand dollars has to be a low, low end. Like is it a thousand dollars per year? Cause that would make sense to an extent. So because it was a three year old, three thousand dollars. And I feel like, you know, the closer you get to like fifty the harder it is to kill. So, uh, so use fake hitman website and attempt to kill a three-year-old son. Now, you know, as someone who, uh, has, you know, fingers crossed, never gotten anyone pregnant. I mean, I have been around children. Some, (laughs) boy, that sounds like the start of a, uh, (laughs) <laughs> like a plea bargain um but no like have had you know friends who had kids uh, family members who have like you know younger kids wanting to just have that problem gone perfectly understandable and not all kids some kids are pretty cool um but most kids are not most kids suck like really bad And so I can understand this woman, who (laughs) supposedly is 18 years old, uh, wanting to be like, okay, if I fucking step in yogurt one more time, if one more Lego 
jams into my heel. I'm fucking ordering a Hitman. And you are fucking scrubbed out. <laughs> so I get this. I, you know, it's... Now, did the kid die? I should have read the whole thing. Because I feel like I did read this, but it's been a little bit, so I don't really remember for sure. But, oh, no, no, because you used a fake Hitman website. So how the fuck, I mean, it's not going to be a real Hitman. Yeah. So, so kill off three-year-old son. Now, brings up the whole question of the Hitman thing. Because this woman could have saved herself a whole lot of stress and trouble. She just kind of, you know, went full farm to table and took care of the problem herself. How would it be that hard to kill a three-year-old? <laughs> not that I would ever do it. But how could it possibly be that difficult to take out a three-year-old child? You could just, like, kick them real hard. I mean, I feel like if you really reared back and just, like, you know, did, like, a full, like, like you're, kick, like you're a police officer kicking down a door. Like, if you did that to a kid right in the upper back, 100% you would kill that kid. I mean, you just snap that fucker's head right off. Just the, I mean, the whiplash alone, done. Like, you could... Like, this woman... i got to bring it up again. Like, this woman actually kind of looks like she's in... Like, she's going from... In transition from, like, heck, Jekyll and Hyde. Like, she looks like she got caught halfway in between switching from... Like, morphing from, like, a good person to a bad person. So I wonder if, like, when she was on the left side of her face, if that's whenever she wanted to do the hitman. And then now she's getting arrested and she's on the right side of her face. And it's like, what the fuck? What? I didn't do anything. The hell are you talking about? Arrested? Kill my kid? I didn't kill the fucking kid. He's sitting right over there. Um, slightly confused, but who wouldn't be? Their mom is two different people smushed into one. That's, hmm. Who knows? But $3,000 has to raise some flags. Like, how do you not see that and go, all right, either this is the worst hitman of all time or <laughs> this is a bullshit. God, I just would love to figure out what the URL was. I might have to reread the article and figure it out. God, what the fuck is going on? All right. Moving on. Moving on, moving on. Oh, boy. Here we go. So... Dairy Queen employees among 10 arrested in Texas meth ring sting. Uh, meth ring sting. Meth ring sting. Meth ring sting. You say that over and over, it sounds meth ring sting. Meth ring sting. It starts to just kind of be a lot of gibberish. Anyways. Um, so remember earlier I was talking about Greg Abbott in like Texas just kind of being... Texas is weird, a weird place. And a lot of people have moved here, and I don't think they're they fully realize like what they got themselves into. It isn't just like uh, you know, lonesome dove out here. Like people either like they watched the show Dallas back in the day, lonesome dove, Walker Texas Ranger, and they think, all right, there's Texas. Not really. Now that okay, that is. Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, you know, like the bigger areas, Austin even, kind of. Um, but most of Texas is this, Dairy Queens and meth. That is, Dairy Queen and meth 
probably two of the three biggest uh, you know factors of our GDP. Church, church being number one. But granted, I mean, I guess that doesn't count because churches don't get taxed. But like Joel Osteen's, you know, one of the richest people in the fucking state. God, what a shit dick. Anyways, uh, moving on from that. Um, but meth, yeah, meth and Dairy Queen make up a pretty sizable chunk of our economy. So it's only a matter of time before the two cross paths. Now, I will say that I definitely grew up in a city that is not Dallas, Houston, Austin, or San Antonio, or Fort Worth. Um, I live in the other 80% of Texas. I grew up in the other 80% of Texas where things are just very weird. A lot of weird shit going on. And for a restaurant to be operating as a meth lab slash weapons armament, uh, what do they call it? Not a Bastille. An armory? Basically an armory. For that to happen, it's not uncommon. Now, I'm sure that a lot of people across the country, and a lot of the people who've recently moved to Texas, might read this article. Dairy Queen employees among 10 arrested in Texas meth ring sting. Be like, oh my god, this is a, uh, wild. Like, who would ever imagine this happened? Well, you are not from here. If you're from here, this is uh, this actually isn't that much of a surprise. It's actually a surprise that it's even newsworthy. <laughs> More so than anything. Because also, if you are to happen upon a meth lab and then go and then in that same day, take a trip to a Dairy Queen. You will see not only very similar clientele, similar employees, but a similar smell. So a meth lab tends to have a smell of just a lot of weird chemicals. Because basically what meth is. Uh, now obviously I'm not going to like give the... <laughs> just tell, tell you how to make meth. But basically, you just kind of empty your... Um, whatever's under your sink. Empty that into a pot and boil it. Fry it. Uh, pretty much. Now, whatever it is that they put in... Dairy Queen's food to make it smell like the way it smells it has to be a large crossover of ingredients so what I believe occurred in this case is that uh, the person the people doing this forgot which one of the two places they were at Simple as that. <laughs> they got just a little confused. Meth addicts tend to be, uh, you know, night owls <laughs> and day owls. Actually, like week at a time owls. Uh, so probably got a little loopy by day six and just kind of slipped their mind that they were like, oh, yeah, I'm not in my single wide trailer. <laughs> I'm in a fast food restaurant. And but by the time they'd done that, it was too late. They had already given, you know. They had already basically made about 15 different drop-offs. And, well, here come the feds. It would also not be a surprise to me. Now, this actually, you know what? This is not the most egregious thing about a Dairy Queen. Uh, the most egregious thing about Dairy Queen is not the fact that you may or may not have a 
very <laughs> dangerous <laughs> um, controlled substance sprinkled onto your french fries. I mean, that's not good, but not the worst thing about Dairy Queen. Worst thing is that if you go to Dairy Queen, what they are most famous for, say it out loud, blizzards. Dairy Queen blizzards are a, like a, a staple the same way that like the Big Mac is to McDonald's or the Whopper is to Burger King. It is like their big number one thing. Yet, if you go get a blizzard, you will notice that the top of that bitch looks like heaven. And if you were to just kind of wipe off the top of it, you would have a giant cup filled with fucking plain-ass vanilla ice cream. It is the biggest catfish on this planet. Um, I mean, it is like... I mean, it's like a lemon, like for a car, but the frozen dairy version of that. Like, it'd be like getting a Ferrari, driving it off the lot, and then all four tires come off, and you can't do anything about it. And then that dealership closes down the <laughs> as you as you drive off the lot. That's basically what a Dairy Queen Blizzard is. It looks amazing on top. Tons of uh, toppings, all that shit. And then you eat that and you realize, oh, well, now I just have a giant cup of fucking vanilla ice cream. Which may or may not have crystal meth inside of it. If it did, it actually would kind of be worth the price. Um, but there's just something to keep in mind if you are a person planning to move to Texas or have recently moved to Texas and still maybe your home is an escrow and you could maybe get it back. Um, I think that's what escrow means. Not really 100% sure. But if you are one of those people, you know, these are the things that you need to pay attention to. Because you're not coming to, I mean, you're not going to become one of the Ewings. You're not going to be hanging out with uh, Bill Parcells and Jerry Jones. You're not going to be, you know, it's not like Back to the Future 3. It is way closer to it's way closer to Breaking Bad than it is Walker, Texas Ranger Texas is it's like The Wire Breaking Bad and The Hills Have Eyes you put those three together and that's that's the majority of Texas it is not <laughs> it is not what you think it is yeah so there's also a serial killer in Austin that Nobody gives a shit about. That's how fucked up Boston is. There is a person that has killed upwards of 20 people <laughs> in the greater Austin area. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, well. So, um, anyways, I think that'll do it for uh, this part of the show. Uh, I think a lot got discussed. Not everything that I wanted to talk about, but, you know, it is what it is. Covered as much ground as I feel like I could cover. It's been, what, about 45 minutes? Yeah, that'll do it for uh, this part. So, without further adieu, time to move on to the educational part of the program where uh take a little deep dive of history etymology entomology i meant to look that up to figure out which was which whatever the fuck has to do with words 
etymology, I think. We'll deep dive into etymology, history, pop culture history, you know. All of the above. And hopefully you learn something. Or you can just wait and watch them whenever they are shortened into one-minute clips. Which is probably what most people are doing. Which is fine. I mean, I'm the one fucking making them. So if I had a problem with it, (laughs) I would just stop. Bitch. All right. So time to move on to that. Um, I feel like this was a good one. Still a train wreck, and I still don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm feeling slightly more comfortable. It only took about 130 episodes, but, um, well, at least feeling a little bit more, um, kind of, kind of loose with it. I don't know if that's coming across at all. Probably not. But, you know, it is what it is. All right. So, time for the old, uh, where that come from. And here we go right about now. All right, so time for a little bit of the old where that come from. Take a uh, famous word or phrase, figure out where does it come from, why do we say it. Uh, But not just of phrases, sometimes of objects. And that's kind of what this one is going to be today. So for this one, we're going back pretty damn far going back to the middle ages so during the middle ages not a lot of knowledge about medicine but there were some people who had you know a, so back in the middle ages for a very rudimentary knowledge of medicine you know at least compared to uh by today's standards um so if you were to go back to the middle ages the people who would perform Sorry, if you go back to the Middle Ages, the people who are most likely to uh, have the most knowledge of medicine happen to be monks. Those two groups, like the religion, the so the religious community and the medical community had quite a bit of an overlap back then. Um, also, a very common practice at that time was bloodletting, where they would just cut your ass open and you bled out a little bit, and that was supposed to cure fucking AIDS or whatever it is that you had. Um, so people would go see a monk, that monk, cut them open, all healed, <laughs> off you go. Well, a little bit later, Pope Alexander comes along. Pope Alexander says, this is, uh, I don't like all this. Uh, the religious community, we are no longer going to be involved in bloodletting. Well, people are like, I still need to be cut open because how the hell else am I supposed to get rid of my flu? So they would just have to find somebody who could do it for them. They would go to whoever the hell it was in their area that was the best at using razor blades. Well, that person most likely was going to be a barber. So people would go see their barbers for a little beard trim and to get sliced open. Um, So as they go in to see their barber, to get bloodletted, the barber would make them grip these poles to help increase the blood flow. Well, after they were done, you know, take the bandages, wipe out the blood, then end up wrapping them around that pole. That pole would become... So then that pole would be wrapped in red and white all the way down the pole. Well, it was not really uh, above board for these barbers to be doing this. So, they would have to kind of sneakily 
let the community know that they were doing bloodletting as well as barbary. And the way they would do this is they would take those poles, stick them outside of the uh, building so that people know, oh yeah, I could go here and get cut open. Well, they end up with a pole outside that is red and white, striped all the way down the pole. And then they add in a little blue to represent the blue veins. And uh, that is why today, anytime you go to a barbershop, you will see outside of that barbershop a pole that is red, white, and blue striped all the way down. So yeah, pretty interesting uh, story. Also, a little side note. Uh, they weren't just bloodletting. They were also pulling teeth and resetting bones. So, boy, it is much better to be alive today than it, <laughs> than it was back then. Oh, boy. All right. So, there's the history of the barber pole. Time to move on to some half-ass history, and then we will wrap it up. All right. So, the <laughs> first one of the day... Um, just kind of going down some stories of one of the wildest women ever. Uh, I have never read about someone more in my life and been more in love. <laughs> we'll just say that. So the person we're talking about today, legendary actress from the golden age of Hollywood, Ava Gardner. So Ava Gardner, uh, of course, legend. Hollywood, so Ava Gardner, of course, Hollywood legend, was in uh, the movie Mogambo with Clark Gable. Insanely beautiful, just total badass of a woman. Ava Gardner <laughs> used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day, was very violent, and pretty much drank like a fish. Uh, so basically, my dream woman. And also, like, the female... Basically, the female version of Frank Sinatra, funny enough, was at one point married to Frank Sinatra. Um, <laughs> now, the story of Frank Sinatra and Ava Gardner is, my God, pretty intense. So, before they got married, Frank Sinatra was already married, but had kind of confided uh, that he was most likely about to get a divorce from this wife. Ava Gardner, knowing that this is uh, kind of on the path, uh, Ava Gardner decides to show up to Frank Sinatra's soon-to-be ex-wife's house, drunk, tells her, you need to hurry up and get a divorce so I can have sex with your husband. <laughs> and then just leaves. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's Ava Gardner. Now... Ava Gardner and Frank Sinatra end up getting married, and uh, it just gets even more wild. So there are quite a few stories involving their marriage, but one that I find to be pretty interesting is that Frank Sinatra... So while they're married, Frank Sinatra and Ava Gardner used to like to play a little game where they would drive around Palm Springs in the middle of the night hammer drunk and shoot out people's windows <laughs> yeah some people play checkers some people do that uh now you know when you're burning the candle from both ends things aren't usually going to last very long their marriage ends up going up in flames pretty quick frank sinatra later on ends up marrying uh, the actress mia farrow 
Now, when asked about Frank Sinatra's new wife, Ava Gardner publicly gave her words of encouragement to the new couple. What Ava Gardner said was, I always knew Frank would end up with a boy. (laughs) Jesus. So then, uh, (laughs) after that, Ava Gardner ends up... um, I mean, Ava Gardner also had like a bit of a thing with Howard Hughes, where she almost killed him with a stone ashtray. Uh, she then ended up moving to Spain, where she became really good friends with Ernest Hemingway, peas in a pod, and uh, she also was next door neighbors to Juan Perón, who basically said she was the worst neighbor of all time and would frequently have to call the cops on her because there would just be an insane amount of screaming coming from her house. Every single day. So, yeah. (laughs) There's a little bit of a story of the most badass woman of all time. And, yeah. Boy, did I, uh... I was just born at the wrong time. Mm. Alright. So, there's the story of Ava Gardner. Uh, Time to move on to the next story. Alright, so the next story involves... I mean, a rock and roll icon kind of a hero to me in some ways <laughs> probably shouldn't be but can't help it so this story involves one of the most legendary rock and roll musicians front man of all time jim morrison so on november 11th 1969 jim morrison in the middle of his uh big beard a little bit of a gut phase <clears throat> is wanting to go see the Rolling Stones, who are going to be performing a show in Phoenix. Well, Jim Morrison is hanging out with his friend, a fellow named Tom Baker. He and Tom Baker decide, yeah, let's go see that show. One issue, the venue that the Rolling Stones are playing in, the year before, had permanently banned Jim Morrison from ever returning because he had started a full-on riot. (laughs) That'll do it. So, Jim Morrison, Tom Baker, like, eh, fuck it. We'll just go anyways. Uh, and yeah, basically hope for the best. So, they decide to go to the airport, get on the flight to Phoenix. Well, the flight gets delayed. So, Jim Morrison and Tom Baker decide to basically just hang out at the uh, airport bar, and Jim Morrison gets absolutely hammered. Well, flight gets ready. They end up getting on the flight. Jim Morrison keeps the party going, keeps drinking more and more and more, starts getting just completely out of control. At this time, Jim Morrison is going up and down the aisles, harassing all of the passengers and the flight attendants, causing utter chaos on this plane, um, getting a little touchy-feely with some of the flight attendants, to the point to where one of the pilots had to come out, sit Jim Morrison down and say, if you don't cut the shit, I'm turning this plane around. (laughs) That kind of settles things a little bit, and they end up landing in Phoenix. Well, who is there to greet Jim Morrison and Tom Baker when their flight arrives? The FBI. So Jim Morrison ends up getting arrested. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Probably rightfully so. Uh, Jim Morrison and Tom Baker both get arrested. Uh, And then, you know... Some time goes by. Well, eventually, Jim Morrison is going to have to come back to Phoenix for the trial. Well, remember, 
when all this shit happened, Jim Morrison had this big beard, uh, you know, ultra hippie look. Tom Baker did not. Tom Baker, clean shaven, nice hair. Jim Morrison decides, well, I'll shave my beard, make my hair look exactly like Tom Baker's hair, so that whenever I go back to the trial, they won't know which one's which. <laughs> and guess what? It worked. The flight attendant could not accurately, so the flight attendant couldn't really identify which one was Jim Morrison causing all the problems and which one was Tom Baker who did not cause any problems. So she, not being able to pick out <laughs> which one was Jim Morrison and which one was Tom Baker, ended up letting Jim Morrison get off scot-free, no trouble whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, there's a long history of Jim Morrison dodging bullets when it comes to things like this. Uh, ended up not really dodging the last one. Um, obviously, you know, to kind of go into that a little bit, in case you're wondering, Jim Morrison ended up getting uh, into some pretty big trouble in Miami, Florida, in, I believe, 1970, when he decided to allegedly pull out his old pecker on stage and in front of a crowd of, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people, pull out his wiener, and, uh, yeah, big no-no in uh, Florida at the time. Surprising enough, because, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how you get, like, sworn into public office now. But at the time, you could not uh, <laughs> expose the old uh, hammer just uh, willy-nilly. So he ends up, like, basically knowing, like, oh, if I go back to Florida, I'm screwed. Like, if we end up going to trial, I'm screwed. I'm going to end up in a Florida prison, like Dade County. Uh, that ain't going to be a good place for little Jim Morrison. So he ends up you know, fleeing to Paris, and, uh, well, that does not turn out well for him. So, yeah. But, yeah, so anyways, he didn't get off with one uh, <laughs> this time. Uh, yeah, amazing story. So one more, and then we'll uh, call it a day. All right, so last one. Going to do a uh, story involving a cinema icon person that uh person i find to be a very fascinating individual um made one of the, a movie that is considered to be one of the not just greatest movies of all time but one of the most important movies of all time i believe like when afi made their top 100 greatest movies of all time list it was number one um i mean he wrote directed it starred in it and he did all this when he was like in his 20s Incredible movie based on uh, William Randolph Hearst, who I'll, I'm sure at one point we'll do a couple videos on him because he was a real motherfucker as well. Uh, but the movie I'm talking about is Citizen Kane. So the person I'm talking about is Orson Welles. Orson Welles was a legend. Um, I mean, we're so far removed from his heyday that we probably don't really think of him like with the regard that people used to. Uh, which is understandable. Time goes on. But uh, Orson Welles is, like, without a doubt, one of the most important people in the history of the movie industry. So Orson Welles, director of Citizen Kane, absolute cinema legend. Well, one point, Orson Welles, when he was a teenager, moved to Germany to study. 
So he wanted to go to Europe and study. He ends up living in Germany and Austria. Uh, he had a teacher who he found to be pretty interesting, developed you know somewhat of a friendship with, who was a pretty big Nazi. Now, context, this is well before World War II. The Nazi party is not well known at all. It's a very much like fringe group within uh, Germany and Austria. Not a massive following whatsoever. And, you know, still well removed from the horrible things that that group is going to do, uh, you know, in the future. But Orson Welles doesn't know this at the time. He just is like, oh, this is a weird group of people. But my teacher seems all right. I'm going to hang out with him. Well, the teacher invites a young Orson Welles to come to a cafe with him. He's like, I want to introduce you to some of the boys. <laughs> now, these uh, these fellas happen to also be massive members of the, you know, upstart Nazi party. Well, whenever he goes to said cafe with his professor, he introduces them to some of the fellas. It's like, uh, fellas, here's Orson Welles. Orson Welles, Nazi pieces of shit. Uh, go ahead and have a seat. Well, Orson Welles sits in his booth next to a few of the uh, the guys. One of the guys sitting right next to Orson Welles is a young man who, at the time, not well known at all, but would eventually become quite possibly the biggest piece of shit to ever walk the earth, Adolf Hitler. So, yeah, at one point... Citizen Kane himself, Orson Welles, was having lunch with a young Adolf Hitler. Now, when Orson Welles talked about this later on, this is Orson Welles' quote when describing a young Adolf Hitler. He made so little of an impression on me that I can't remember a second of it. He had no personality whatsoever. He was invisible. Boy, did that... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that... Uh, that first impression, yeah, not quite what happened later on. But yes, as crazy as it is to think, at one point, one of the most important people in movie history was having lunch with an absolute monster. So yeah, crazy. Crazy how history works, how people's paths cross, who one will go on to do great things, uh, one definitely will not. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode, this week's episode. Uh, always, you know, join me next Tuesday whenever I uh, come back on with some other bullshit. And hopefully it'll be better than this one. And hopefully this one was better than the last one. Such is life. Say la vie. Uh, you know. Hakuna Matata. All right. Well, goodbye.